Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio Come on, let them listen. I don't still don't understand why you go into men's rooms and you're looking anywhere else but shoulder width, shoulder length up, shoulders up. Never look down. I I always look down. Why? You're asking to see shit you don't want to see. Shit smeared on the floor. Piss on the floor. You, you realize I'm six foot eight. Men like <laughs> men like. I have to look down. Then all, all of it should go should should go unnoticed <laughs> by you. You are literally <laughs> above the Cretans in the rest stop bathroom. In the you, clouds. Oh, you don't need oh. to look at their decks. You choose to look at their decks. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this is our news episode for the week. We are going to do a trailer park breakdown for Let There Be Carnage, which I I love the title. I really do. I do. First off, it's the line that kind of like ended uh, right. the, the, the original Venom movie, but also it just sounds... Like a fucking Megadeth or a Slipknot or a Pantera title. Like, let there be carnage. You know. With a scene in the pool hall. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you could do it like the Jonathan Davis way, which is just like, let there be carnage. <laughs> I did like that song in eighth grade. It, it, it was playing while me and you were building your. Uh, while me and you were building. I know. Your, your I know. <laughs> I know. My my TV stand. We were moving you in, but uh, anyway, so <laughs> I'll probably cut most of that out. <laughs> it's embarrassing, uh, <laughs> but so we we will do a trailer park breakdown for for Let There Be Carnage, and uh, but we're gonna start things off with this week's movie news. All right, first up, you and I did a news story a couple weeks ago where we discussed the fact that Knives Out was now going as a franchise that's been purchased by Netflix for an ungodly amount of money. Doesn't seem like it's going to make Netflix much money. They definitely overpaid for it, but hey, they're going to make the most of it, and they already started by casting Mm -hmm. two really big names into Knives Out, too. They've cast Edward Norton and Dave Bautista. So, yeah, I think this is the beginning of, once again, another great, diverse ensemble cast 
and I'm excited. I mean, there's endless possibilities for the setting for these actors playing different kind of characters and roles. Yeah, but they're both fantastic, and I would I really hope to see Batista do a little bit more and really spread his wings a little bit more, show some chops. Yeah, uh, the first time we recorded this episode. <laughs> We were saying he is he is the movie buffs the rock right like the rock is is the people's the rock like you know Dwayne Johnson's everywhere everyone loves him I don't dislike him you know it's seen I, as like in his own little world right right but Batista is like movie fans like the rock like he's he's getting yeah. he's getting out there he's doing different things but he's also coming in and people he's, still want a Blade Runner Batista film <laughs> no thank you I don't want that <laughs> no but, I don't either I don't either but I mean he. He also he also did the one where like he's like the he he's the CIA agent working with the little girl. Yeah, stuff. it was yeah. it was it was a fine movie. It was fun and stuff like that. It wasn't anything, but it it's still it's it's his Vin Diesel's the pacifier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, but he's getting it, out it there. Is. He's doing different but things. He, he has he does has some gravitas to it. Um, he doesn't have the animated face like The Rock does. So I think in a, in many kind of ways. Um, The Rock has that classic action, com comedic hero. Well, even go watch, even go body. watch them when they were in WWE and watch like The Rock like emote and like get a crowd going like with like, oh, the people's it's, eyebrow it's, and like his yeah. his mannerisms. Ow. And then watch Dave Batista. I mean, he was called the animal. So, but no, it's not. It's nice seeing Dave Batista like break out. But you are right. Like it is something in the face where like The Rock has like this face that like lights up and brings you in and stuff like that. Where Batista has very much of like this "fuck you, go away" face. Yeah, but which is why he works. There's a lot of good roles out there yeah, for in a great fuck you movies away face, for that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, yes. he's in, in Dune coming up, you know, and, and that looks great. Well, um, a new story that I don't have this week because I, it seemed like a, a bullshit one, but it was just kind of Dave Bautista doing an interview about Drax the Destroyer in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and he, he kind of just, like, mentioned that, like, this is probably it for, for Drax, like as far as he knows and it, that, that kind of got people like talking like is Drax gonna die and stuff like that and it's just like maybe what he means is he's done he's moving on because he has branched out and started doing very much different roles than what he started out doing but um so we'll we'll, we'll see but Edward Norton also cast now in uh Knives Out too, which I, I find interesting because Ryan Johnson I you know I don't think Ryan Johnson is the type of of writer director who is married to his script but Edward Norton is the type of actor who has a clause in his contract that allows him to rewrite your script as long uh, for, uh, for scenes that he's in. Yeah, I, see, I actually feel the opposite. I kind of feel like Ryan is is kind of tight, um, but open to potential improv after he you, he gets his shit. Yeah. Like after he gets his cut. Or his take, yeah. Then he'll let some things fly. I really want creative things I, going. I just really want Dave Batista to be a butler i don't know why i just want him to be like a butler or like the yeah. maid or something like that like i i, I the can just, bodyguard I can, no 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 that's you see a dude like dave batista and you're like look at the size of that motherfucker he's an animal he's a bodyguard that make that all makes sense just by looking at him but having him fucking baking cookies and dusting off the armoires that is unexpected that's what i want to see dave batista doing in this movie it's not a bad idea <laughs> I and like and we talked about um, off air. We were wondering, like, does Knives Out like need to be like rich people? To, like Knives Out too? Does it have sure. to involve rich people in a mansion? And I say, 
just about all of these noir type detective stories, like like they got Agatha Christie's, um, and then there were none, and you know, Murder on the Orient Express. It always involves high society people because the whole idea of those stories is to see always fun is to see how far they can fall, or to see or to see the dark side of 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 being rich. And I think the first one got into that beautifully in the fact that it's like it's the rich people who are who are the problem and everything, and also immigration and stuff like that. So I'd like to see them continue. Tackling those socioeconomic yeah, issues I, 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 with this I, one too, because I think all 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 these type of detective stories do yeah. that in a way, and I think it's just part of the genre. So I think it would continue. Yeah, I, th- I think they're gonna have a they're gonna mix it up. I think some are gonna be perhaps based on like you know small companies, maybe um, things like that. Whatever it may be, I just I just hope that it has a, a good sense of place. I just think it would be setting boring the if the house like, was fantastic at the old one. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I just think it. it would be boring if they were just like he was murdered over land. Okay. I mean, I his I, company I, was going to buy a small piece of land, yeah. and the bank didn't want it, so they hired Dave Batista to kill him. Yeah, that's the I, story. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. You know what I mean? But, like the 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 big houses add character because the house is as big as the characters that live inside of it. There's a know? lot of layers. Yeah, you exactly. Can, you can peel away with that. that. That is a good point. But there's like four or five movies coming out. So <laughs> yeah, there's there's a Who lot knows? of detective. Well, Knives Out reinvigorated a genre. So yeah, I'm happy about expect it. Expect it. Next news story. All right, Jay. We know that Margot Robbie is not done with the role of Harley Quinn. She's she's you know had Birds of Prey last year. She's coming out with the Suicide Squad uh, later on this year. And then there's a slew of other movies that have been greenlit, maybe not greenlit. Maybe they're still in production. Maybe they aren't. But let's face it, she still has some sway with Warner Brothers and the DCEU. And uh, she, I believe she's even a producer on some of the films that she's in now. So oh yeah, definitely. She apparently went to DC execs and said she wants Poison Ivy in a movie. She loves the relationship of Poison of Ivy and Harley Quinn from the comic books in the Gotham Sirens movie, which last I checked was still a greenlit movie, but everything over at DC Who is up in the air. Who doesn't love Poison Ivy? Right. Forget the geriatric bat. Come join me. My garden needs tending. And, but also now the animated series that's on HBO Max that was on the DC Universe app Um it's a hard R series, but it's all about you know Carly Quinn being at her lowest point after after the Joker has broken up with her, and her, and Poison Ivy's the one that lifts her up, the one that like gives her the confidence and stuff like that, and she loves yeah. the relationship between them, and there's also sexual tension between them, which no, I, I, is nice for two guys like us. <laughs> I absolutely love it, and I do think it will happen at some point. I really do. Um, yeah, I think if you're going to continue telling Harley Quinn solo stories, you can't you can't avoid Poison Ivy. Well, I think that's the natural step, um, but also it's very marketable. And she made a ton of money. I mean, on two good-looking women movie. in a movie that's marketable. <laughs> you sure? I do love Margot Robbie's face. One of them literally is nude and just has leaves covering her private bits. You think that'll sell? You think people want to see that? I bid fifty thousand dollars for Poison Ivy. <laughs> And I'm in five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Are you sure? Next news story. 
All right, Jay, this is one you shared with me, and it's going to be very brief. Tom Welling is open to play Superman opposite Robert Pattinson's Batman. I know you got like really excited, and I was like, of course Tom Welling would say this, because the only thing Tom Welling is known for is playing Clark Kent in Smallville. And then Mr. Abercrombie and Fitch. Right. He was in Cheaper by the Dozen, which is a mostly forgotten, you know, one, two movie franchise. Sure. Uh, and then he was in the remake of The Fog, which was fucking terrible. And he, I believe he had like a brief role in like Draft Day and like a few other movies. But the point is, the dude's done fuck all with his career. He's done practically nothing. So of course he would come back and be like, hey man, I'd love to play Superman again. It's like, we know because just last year you were on the CW as Superman as like a nostalgic throwback episode where we were like, let's bring Tom Welling back. And we did. And then people liked it. But you can go away now. We had our fun with you. Well, I don't mean to be mean to Tom Welling, but like this is the thing with Tom. Do you put yourself all, in the same camp as Robert Pattinson and well, the production of this film? No, it's because he was asked a question. Okay. He was on a podcast, and and of course they're going to ask the question because there's a Batman movie coming out, and he's friends with Robert Pattinson. So of course they're going to ask that question. All right, I retract all the venomous, terrible, <laughs> awful things I said about Tom. <laughs> so Welling. of course he's going to play nice and say, "Yeah, we love to play uh, Superman opposite my buddy uh, Rob Pattinson." I His mean, buddy, like, they're friends. Yes. I didn't know they were friends. He said he was. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, they're both private guys. Nobody knows who's friends with but who. Jay, you Jay, know? Jay I, I don't know if you know this. I am close personal friends with Harry Connick Jr. Did you know that? I did not. Fact checked me. Prove me wrong. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Willow could say he's friends with anybody. Whoa. We'll just contact him and ask him. Yeah, I'll, well, well, I'll contact Tom Welling. I'll be like, are you really friends with Robert Pattinson? Show me your Instagram. Show me where you and him are drunk together. Show me that you're bros. Are you? You're not. You may have him in but your maybe phone. they go to AA meetings together. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. You never know. You just don't know. Next news story. All right, Zack Snyder's a little upset because he believes that Warner Brothers is being aggressively anti-Snyder. The fuck? He's got the nerve to say that right now? Yep. So kind of like after after the massive fandom campaign to restore the Snyderverse, uh, obviously Warner Brothers has refused to, and they've kind of continued greenlighting their pictures and stuff like that, and mentioning that most of it will have nothing to do with the, with the Snyderverse, even though some of that will still be canon moving forward. They're not going with his vision of it, and he's a little upset. He believes they're being... You know, very aggressively anti-Snyderverse. They have to. They yeah. have to put their foot down. Like he, he's being a baby. He's just being a baby. That's really all it is, dude. You got you got Army of the Dead coming out. Maybe that'll be your new franchise. Maybe people will love it. Probably not, but maybe people will love it. I don't know. But people got to get off their high horse about like this. We we got the thing. It happened. It, you wanted it. You to got happen. lucky. It yeah, happened. You, you got one that people liked. Move on. Right in California, they're trying to recall a governor right now, and uh, because he has had you know really strict uh you know covid restrictions and stuff like that and he was seen at the most expensive restaurant in napa valley with a bunch of people without a mask and he's like what and everyone's like what the fuck well he's not the first one right (laughs) that got busted so there's a big thing to recall there's less signatures to recall that motherfucker than there is to to for the snyderverse you know what i mean like yeah 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 i 
man. Look, I, man, it's I, I'm just so sick. Fuck and tired that guy of, for being of, a hypocrite, but also. I don't disagree with his COVID restrictions and stuff like that. I'm not saying now, but what I'm saying is like, you have to follow the rules yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, of course. Of course. And, yeah. and, and, and here, like for Zack Snyder, you don't get to make the rules. You don't get to make it. Like, you don't get to say You're like just a director, dude, especially when like, it's not like, it's not like Zack Snyder's justice league on, on HBO max broke records because fucking mortal Kombat stomped it into the fucking ground. Mm hmm. Godzilla versus Kong beat it with 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 the downloads and the rating numbers and the streamings and the and the whatnots. However, you measure streaming apps, we're not sure. I don't know. No one, none of us really know. Yeah, but according to H, but according to HBO Max, it's it, like they they both like wiped the floor with the with the Snyder cut. So if you're Warner Brothers and you're looking at that and being like two dumb movies, that one is about two giant monsters I, punching each other, I, and the other one is I, a completely bullshit look, thrown together story that just has a funny Australian guy and then some really cool death scenes. You're not, you're not, you're not going to be seeing Snyder in Warner Brothers movies anytime soon. Yeah. So like, it, I look, I look at that stuff, and it's just like, and, and of course, if you're if you're one of these people that's a conspiracy theorist, you're just like, well, of course they'd say that. They'll say anything to keep Zack Snyder down. <sighs> well, I mean, if you're a fan, pull like, your tongue uh, yeah. out of his ass. It's, he's he's done. Next news story. All right, this is another brief one. Seth Rogen says he's no longer going to be working with James Franco uh, as a result of the allegations of James Franco and him kind of being me tooed and canceled and all that stuff. Uh, you know, th- there's apparently several cases of him making unwanted sexual advances on on women, uh, grown adult women. But really, the thing that Seth Rogen's like that's kind of where I, I drew the line was his uh, soliciting a 17 year old girl through Instagram DMs for sex and that's kind of like where seth rogan draws the line a little bit yeah well obviously and i'm happy he said that but he's really ultimately just saying it because he's getting pulled into this legal action and he has a lot right. on the line one of, of the production ac- company and one such. of the accusers has said that seth rogan was the enabler of yeah. of of franco's actions which he didn't comment on on that at all uh so what he says is what I can say is that I, despite abuse and harassment, and I would never cover or conceal the actions of someone doing it or knowingly put someone in a situation where they were around someone like that. Uh, he also said it's not a coincidence that his professional relationship with Franco seems to have come to an end. And he said that the allegations have affected their personal friendship as well. That being said, when asked if it was painful for his relationship with Franco to have been tarnished, Rogan said, yeah, but not as painful and as difficult as it is for a lot of other people that are involved in this situation. I have no pity for myself here. Well said. Yeah, because a lawyer was like, well, of course, of course. He had a couple of rewrites, a couple of people read it and give some insight. No, I think there's a live interview, so, you know, kudos to him. He probably came up with that on the spot. No, honestly, he's he's pretty well-spoken guy, so, you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he said that. Took a couple extra tokes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> pretty deep. He's a professional smoker. And he's just like, all right, here, here's the he, deal. He kind of goes, I mean, he's up there with like Snoop Dogg kind of level. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's legit. Functional, <laughs> functional pothead. They're rare, but they exist in this world. Yes. Next news story. 
All right, final news story, because this one is one of those like deep Hollywood news ones that me and Jay find fascinating. Uh, NBC will not be broadcasting the 2022 Golden Globes amid the widespread boycott. So a lot of people have been boycotting uh, the the mm. uh, Hollywood Foreign Press uh, because it's all rich white dudes. There is not a person of color among them, and... On top of that, there's apparently a lot of allegations of bribery and some questionable actions of, about where the money that supports this organization actually comes from. It's always been that way. <laughs> money, please. Oh, no, no, there's no money. Oh, my bad. No problem. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fine. Um, I'll just destroy this office. Oh, hey! <clears throat> money, please. Money, please. Ben, give her some money. It's easier. It, this is not a secret. No, this no. has been out there. You've talked about it before. Uh, why, it's, it's been forever. You talked about I mean, it before, is, which is why you don't put a lot of stock in the Golden Globes. Because well, sure. No, I, I don't. I, it's my favorite to watch. I will be the first one to say that they put on a good show. I, exactly. I, but because Ricky Gervais comes out and he makes fun of Hollywood, and they all well, go, ha, ha, "That's totally <laughs> us. We do that." This is a group of eighty-eight members. 88 members and this is the foreign it's like a, it's like a club it's like a little like club right. society essentially of really rich white men right like from all over the world like back in the day they used to have adventurer clubs which is really rich white yeah. dudes who went to who, who went to uncharted places enslaved They're, enslaved indigenous people and then came back and told wondrous tales of the black men from africa and, and the pygmy men from papua new guinea and that's why you see random weird and you can give them a nickel and you can watch them die nominated <laughs> and, and and it's a head scratcher it, it, it's 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 um it's just just goes to show money and power essentially and yes all that bribery stuff is all very much there yeah and it's just one of those things where it's always been that way and everybody sort of knew it except a lot of average moviegoers or or people watching tv and watching these award shows yeah you know but actual people in the business always knew you can't take stock but, in the Golden Globes. But where it is a nice award and gesture, and it does have some type of clout to some degree. It's also far harder to fit it up your ass than an Oscar. Is. <laughs> so when someone tells you to shove it up your Very ass, true. it's going to be a lot harder. Very true. You just got to get past the ball, and then the true. rest will probably go in real easy. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, d d does an organization like? You know the the it's Hollywood a long time coming up, right? I mean. The Hollywood Hollywood Foreign Press did they did like did they not look at the political climate around the country and around Hollywood and be like, our time's fucking coming, let's make some changes? And they made some extreme. They're too, they're too old, Dave. They made some extremely minor changes at, that were not going to go into effect until 2023, and they even left themselves an out and they said, but maybe 2024. <laughs> they, these these changes that it's, we're talking about will go into effect. That is classic right. old. Rich, but for the next two years, we're going to respond. We're going to continue operating like the way we've operated. But we've heard your we've heard your complaints. We've heard what you said. We're going to go hire a couple people that yeah. are not they're, white and probably not men, just delusional, and not over the age of sixty five. And and then people will be like, "Oh, you're great. You're all inclusionary." Blah blah blah. And and then when twenty twenty four comes, they'll be like, "Hey, did you enact these changes?" They're going to be like, oh, "You guys still remember that?" Yeah, I'll no, be, but I'll, let us get on it. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I am quite surprised that NBC uh, was so quick to pull like that. Um, do you think like ABC or CBS will swoop in and be like, "Well, we'll show it, we'll do it"? Well, 
yes, but they are going to do some type of radical change. I think so, too. And I don't know exactly. I mean, very radical. And, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But Golden Globes, maybe not. Maybe they're going to change the brand name. Fox, I don't know. But Fox picks it up. Something will be back. Fox picks it up. And inst- you're nominated. But you have to go to like a Temptation Island or like so. You, you have to be voted. Like people get voted off. And then the winner's the one that can, that can stand. Like they just yeah. turn it into a reality show. That's what Fox does great. Back in the day, Fox Fox was good at that. Fox picks it up, and that's what they do. They turn it into a reality show. Gotta hate Fox. <laughs> There's nothing good on Fox. There's not. So that's gonna do it for our news this week. There's a couple other news stories that we're just kind of like, eh, yeah. well, we'll wait for them to develop a little bit more. A little. So we're gonna get into the, the truly exciting thing that happened this week, which was Venom Two. Let There Be Carnage trailer has dropped. So me and Jay are going to get ourselves over and we're going to get into Trailer Park right after these Thomas Iannucci beats. Cut the beat and let the music play. No Trailer Park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but there's a new wave. We've been on since Trish God saved the right style. I don't want to flow until I know it has the bass drop. So I know that the uh, Let There Be Carnage trailer, I've, I've seen like mixed things. There's people who are like, I love it. I can't wait for it. And there's other people who are like, it's not what I want. You know, it's it's the tone is off. And I get it because the comedy that is being shown doesn't match the dark tones of everything that's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like it's trying to have its foot in two camps. It wants to be dark, it wants to be gritty, yeah. it wants to be serious, it wants to be violent, but it also wants to have that, 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 that levity that the MCU seems to do so effortlessly. Um, it wants to do like, kind of like, like both those things. It wants to have its fun, but it also wants to be dark, serious. And I think that was like a big problem with the original Venom is that the comedy that they tried to add in just didn't match the tone. And I think a lot of people, we chalked that up to like the massive rewrites and stuff like that where sony was like make it more like this this has to be like a a universe that we could easily see tom holland spider-man jumping into even though he's not going to jump into it now but someday we want it to sure so we have to make it with with a little bit more lighthearted and stuff like that but then it doesn't match the tone of like this villain who is kidnapping homeless people off the street and essentially slaughtering them with alien parasites (laughs) And I mean, and then like, uh, of course, your your and your your hero, your your protagonist, is also a man who has questionable morals, who's infected by a symbiote that has no problem with eating people. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But we got these few scenes where it's a, protein, man. Where it's a fucking crack up. So I get when people see this trailer and they're like, the tone's off, and it's reminding me too and much I'll, of that. I'm one. in that camp. I okay, yeah, because I, I I thought it was, I. I chalked it up as it was a poorly done trailer. Yummy. Good evening, Eddie. Hey, Mrs. Chen. Good evening, Venom. Function hi, Mrs. Chen. He says hi. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. I've been thinking about you, Eddie. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number. Because you and I are the same. Every decision we ever make. Who do we leave behind? How do we leave them waiting in the darkness 
but the rescuer who never comes. Welcome back, Eddie Brock. It's been a long time. Miss you so much. Soon come chaos. Chaos soon come. Venom for me is one of those things like the original. No judgment on the movie. I get it. You yeah. know, it didn't get me more excited. I'll say that too. Yeah. But I do see potential where it could be a decent film. So I'll, I'll say this. I think you're right. I think that this trailer is very much, you know, totally deaf at least, right? Like it's it's not setting, like even even the way they, they slow, you know, one is the loneliest yep. number they slow it down they they, they 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 change the tempo they make it a little bit darker they make it a little bit more ominous it's not matching what's going on in the scenes with venom just being like i will eat mrs chen you're not eating mrs you're like they're trying to add this comedy in <clears throat> yeah I, but, but it also doesn't match the venom's, tone venom's even in this voice is is a little bit different too it is. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. It's not as high. It's not as. It's not as gravelly. It's not as. It's not as gruff as it was in the original one. Now it's a little bit more like. It's. It, it's a but little it's bit more toned down. Maybe, but it's also still kind of off-putting. Okay, I get it. Yeah, in my mind. See, I, I like. I, it. I, I. I know you do it, but I have a tough ear for stuff like that. Just you know, because you only have one ear. So. Per, perhaps, <laughs> but it's like on par with like Bane, for example, with with, with Tom Hardy again. You know, there's something about maybe sh- if I don't see someone's faces moving while they're speaking, I have a difficulty see, picking I, up on it. I get it because, like, when I read the comic books growing up and stuff like that, and I've been reading Venom and Spider-Man comic books, like, practically since I've been able to read, I've been reading comic right. books. So you know the cadence. Exactly. So, like, when you see Eddie Brock or you see whoever is, whether it's or Flash Thompson, Eddie Brock, yeah. or, or Matt Gargan, you know, whoever is has the symbiote attached to them at the time, when they talk, it's white bubble letters with black writing. But when Venom right. talks... It's a black bubble with kind of like a white outline and white letters, and they're all s- distorted and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you can still read the words, but you can very much tell that it's a voice that talks like this, almost like Macho Man. Ooh, oh, yeah. 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 No, absolutely. <laughs> the cream rises to the top. <laughs> I wish Macho Man was alive, because if they made him the voice of Venom, fuck, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I got you, Carnage. I got you for three minutes of playtime. Venom <laughs> is ready. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love that. I think you need to do that on your YouTube page. No. <laughs> you, you need to do something. You need to branch off. Buddy. I did just watch the WWE biography of Macho oh, Man. Absolutely God. fascinating. Oh, uh, was it good? It's good. Oh. All of them have been good. Uh, I, I think the Booker T one kind of. I, I will say this. They paint everything in a little bit more of like a light that. Uh, this is way off topic from Venom, but. They paint everything more in 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 a in a WWE positive light. Mm. They they, they kind of shy, shy away from some of the darker sides of wrestling. But if you want to see the darker sides of wrestling, there's a documentary series on IFC called Dark Side of the Ring. Go watch that because <laughs> that goes deep. Well, did they talk about 
like the popular wrestlers as well, or are they just going yeah, no, for like no, side guys? No, no, no. They talk about the popular wrestlers as well. Like, uh, you know, the death of of Owen Hart and stuff like that, and how WWE was somewhat culpable in that and everything. And so th- th- there's interesting wrestling documentaries out there for for both camps. If you if if you want the if you want the WWE filtered ones, you can watch the the A and E biographies that I've been watching. But I really I it with all that aside, I really enjoy. If you're a fan, watch both. Right. I really enjoyed the ones that we've gotten so far. I thought the Stone Cold one was pretty good. I thought that the Randy that, that, that the Randy Savage one was pretty good, and I thought that the Rowdy Piper one was was really good as well. Uh, the Booker T one, like I said, I think that they they kind of shied away from some of the darker aspects of of the business and stuff like that, and definitely it was more of like a puff piece on on the guy. Um, mm. And I love Booker T. Don't get me wrong; he was one of my favorites when I used to watch WCW Monday Night Nitro back in the day. Uh, but I, I I still think they there there was something there that they that they were dancing around and not really getting to or it's like there's a darkness there that i really wanted to get into and i felt like they were just like now let's let's gloss over past this let's talk about all this success and how wwe made him successful and it's like found success before you so yeah i mean who knows for legal purposes maybe his family well it's a wwe produced show that's on a and e so of course they're going to that and he is still very much a personality who's on wwe he may not wrestle anymore but he's a he's he's a commentator and you you just answered the question right there yeah. yeah. So anyway, stay on target. Stay on target. Hey, I wish Macho Man was the voice of Venom, but yes. unfortunately, we lost him years ago. So that, that's not the case. We can't. We can't have that. Uh, but I would have. Will loved Sony that. call up uh, Mr. Super Movie Brother Dave? Oh, I would do it to voice Venom in the Chapter Three film. <laughs> but no, I would lose my voice like every day. You would get about fifteen minutes of dialogue from me because you'd be going nuts round the clock. Oh, you wouldn't. God. You wouldn't preserve your voice for recording purposes oh yeah you gotta let me eat already yeah this is how dave talks let me snap it to her like a slim jim (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh so so i do understand (laughs) this is stay on target stay on target i do understand that this is like some people's like worry about the movie is like it's gonna be like the original one i having watched the original one several times now it's one of those things, and I've talked about this on the show. A bad movie's still a bad movie, but its bad bits sting less the more and more you watch it. Yeah, and the good bits become more more apparent. Like, and I a, think, like a Green Lantern. Nah, <laughs> very few like, good bits in that. I know, I know. I was like, Kilowog training. How I did recently rewatch Green Lantern. So Kilowog doing the training with Hal Jordan, mm. a bright spot of that movie. Mm-hmm. Most everything else in that movie, not really. You know, it's it, know. that I movie's know. much that, that that's a higher hill to climb. That's that's Everest. Whereas <laughs> as Venom is more like Mount Saint Helen. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, Mount Pocono. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still a hard hill to climb to watch because yeah. there's still some grown moments, but those grown moments don't seem so bad once you've done it once or twice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I still look forward to it because I think that the, the greater venom story exists here because carnage is the ultimate venom villain. Well, so you're, well you're right. And that is very true. That doesn't mean they're going to capitalize on that. And right? again, I think, you know, I, for one you, listeners know, I was really on board with any circus being behind the scenes with oh you mean the king of directing. mocap the, the king of mocap directing a mocap movie yeah yeah i was Me a huge, huge fan of that idea i was really excited about it. and you know like i said i can see potential of a good film in this it's just a bad trailer right 
I, 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 I said, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just what I'm seeing here looks a lot like what I saw in Venom 1, and I've learned to swallow that pill a little bit better, maybe some others. So uh, speaking hey, of any look, circus- Venom 1 still made what, close to a billion bucks or it, more? It, it made money, yeah. so it, it, enough to garner a sequel. So uh, Andy Serkis discussed uh, this trailer actually on IGN. He did his own trailer park breakdown. So things we gleaned from that is he mentioned that it is its own universe. It doesn't exist within the MCU. It doesn't exist within the Spider-Man universe. However, there's echoes of it in here because we see that uh, one of the that the police officer who's who's trying to who's trying to use Eddie Brock to gain the to gain more information about Cletus Cassidy and maybe some of the location of the bodies of the people that he killed. He is reading the Daily Bugle and he's reading the West Coast edition and the the logo is the Daily Bugle logo that was in the Sam Raimi movies. So it's it. Yeah, you know, we're at least acknowledging that like the Daily Bugle exists, you know, yeah, that love it. possibly Spider-Man exists and stuff like that. Even though Spider-Man's not mentioned. At one point Venom's walking into Mrs. Chen's convenience store and Venom picks up a magazine like it's leaning over and he pushes it back upright and the face that is on that magazine is Stan Lee. And it even says Stan Lee right on there, which means that Stan Lee is a person that existed in this universe whether he's a comic book writer, I'm I'm sure he was. You know, whether or maybe so, just a nod it's a little it's the way to get his cameo in but he's gone so we can't get it oh he did, he did have a cameo in the other one but so there there are echoes of a greater universe out there i love that there's there's echoes of a greater universe out there but we're not ready to crack it open just yet and get into it um they're they're, they're kind of still telling this contained venom story here uh he also went on to say that this is taking uh andy circus within his trailer park breakdown it's about a year and a half after the events of venom so eddie brock is still learning to come to terms with the venom creature and this is the stage of their relationship that they're in now where he kind of is he's kind of very much like depressed very much like yeah he, he, he he's just going through the motions of his day while the venom creature is kind of doing a lot of the driving and we see that when it's making when it's making breakfast and he he likened them to what oscar and felix an odd couple type mm-hmm. type relationship mm-hmm. you know and even the song that's playing during that is you say tomato i say tomato which uh is you know a famous jazz song mm-hmm. by um louis armstrong and ella fitzgerald so it's it's you know tomato tomato potato potato let's call the whole thing off so it's 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 very much like this at this time where it's like an impasse in a relationship yeah. where there's yeah. acceptance but now there's a growing rift. And Eddie Brock is in this position now where he he's the only one that Cletus Cassidy will open up to. We saw that towards the end of Venom Venom 1 where the the you know the post-credit scene was him going to see him at, at Ravencroft and Ravencroft again something that hints at a wider spider-man universe because ravencroft asylum for the criminally insane is essentially spider-man's arkham asylum so that exists in the comic book so we're still again hinting that there's this greater spider-man universe out there but he's the only one that cletus cassidy will talk to so the police are using him to try and get into cletus cassidy's head find out more about his victims where their bodies are stuff like that before cletus cassidy is put to death and there is something in there between the two of them because eddie brock didn't have the easiest childhood obviously cletus cassidy a serial killer probably didn't have the easiest childhood either we see that Based on his prison wall, all the all the carvings that he has yeah. in there, 
Yeah. There's 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 obviously things going on in there that are are deep psych psychological, but some of the things we can glean from it are there is a bunch of crosses like a cemetery in mm. front of a church, which in the Maximum Carnage comic book, which this story is going to derive a lot from, uh, that kind of ends in that cemetery with Spider-Man and Venom teaming up to take down Carnage. And even at the end of this trailer, we see that Venom's very clearly inside of a church because he's in front of that stain. I'm sorry, Carnage is in a church because he's in front of that stained glass window. So um, kind of giving him this like almost messiah messianic feel, this kind of like God type feel yeah and it's, and it's great casting with woody yeah it is I, I i think it is too um i'm not sure you know i don't think we get a lot here to really gleam how he's going to be no but i uh, think but just us knowing him as an actor is enough look he can give you he, he can give a performance that's a five he can give a performance that's a fucking 15 out of 10 yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like that's no, true no it's really true he's good at he's good at bringing it up if, if it calls for it to bring it up he goes he can go way up if he needs to uh but so th- that's kind of like the the relationship that's going on obviously at some point if it follows the comic books venom will drop a piece of himself in the Cletus Cassidy jail cell, which will attach to Cletus Cassidy. Now, the difference between Venom and Carnage, like you might ask, because Carnage is born from Venom, is that the symbiote exists on Eddie. It doesn't really exist inside of Eddie. Even though it takes nutrients from him, it takes it takes a toll on him to, to have the symbiote attached to him. Uh, it still lives on his body, which we can see when he goes into the store and it kind of grows off of the jacket and waves to Mrs. Chen as it's as he's telling a stupid joke. Yeah. Cletus Cassidy, a little bit different. The symbiote lives inside of him. It's part of him. It mixes with his blood. So when we see him getting that lethal injection and we see like red kind of grow and stop the 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 uh lethal injection from going in and he quickly turns into carnage that's kind of like the symbiote awakening it's protecting itself but because it exists that's why he's red instead of black because it's mixed with the blood of cletus cassidy it is part of it's a more it's a more unified symbiotic relationship than even that that eddie and venom have yeah 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 no absolutely and uh, you know it's just a different relationship and i it's and more I, evolved and, it, and it's and it's really gonna be fantastic to watch on screen and hopefully i think it's gonna deliver I, I there's no there's no excuse for it to not deliver right well i mean one of the things like i remember in the comics is like for venom everything is we and us it's there's eddie and there's venom but they exist together but they're still separate identities which is why the we and the us but for cletus cassidy when he's talking as carnage it's i and me mm. because they are the same being they are a perfect symbiotic unification which makes them more powerful than venom also like we saw with the villain in the first one where that that villain was able to create weapons out of his symbiote and venom really couldn't cletus cassidy can do the same thing but on a much larger scale he can make multiple weapons at once so we see that scene where we finally get the the image of carnage in in his full glory we see like 
uh, spikes coming out of out of his tendrils, and we see swords and and axes and and sharp blades and stuff. He can turn himself into a hard body, and if it's anything like Andy Circus said in a trailer park breakdown, he can turn himself into mist. He can disappear. He can do this. He can do that. He is the Uber Venom. He is the he is the Uber Mensch of sure, uh, of symbiotes. Sure. So that's that's kind of some of the stuff that that I'm gleaming from this trailer. Look, there's a whole and lot again. More. It's a teaser. It is. You know, let's just remind it's not everybody. A full it's, it's not a full trailer. It's a teaser, and I think you know because of the blowback, I think they're gonna you know learn a lesson a little bit with the full trailer coming up. Second trailer, at least. So I'm wondering. You know, we see Naomi Harris in a jail cell as well, much like Cletus Cassidy. She is playing Shriek in this movie. Now, Shriek is a character in the Marvel comics who I believe is a mutant, but I'm not sure. But she has this ultrasonic power where she obviously she's able to scream much like banshee did in in uh, avengers first class she's able to have this you know ultrasonic voice which is why she's in this soundproof chamber and we see like people are like the 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 guards guarding her are wearing noise canceling headphones but she also has another interesting power she's able to influence people's emotions and their actions into becoming what she wants which you know she could have them feel love if she wants them to feel love but because she's just as damaged as cletus cassidy is himself she wants them to be violent and she wants them to be manic and she wants them to be crazed and she can influence people's emotions. So the Maximum Carnage storyline was that Carnage and Shriek teamed up, went to New York and unleashed all these insane people on the population and Spider-Man and Venom had to team up to kind of like stop stop them. Uh, it's going to be interesting seeing them do that this time. It is the Maximum Carnage storyline it seems like minus the Spider-Man character. And it did end at that church where Venom will take on Carnage, which that church also happens to be the orphanage that Cletus Cassidy grew up in in this in, at least in the Maximum Carnage storyline from the comic books. So it'll be it, it, if you're a comic book fan, there's a lot to glean from this. There's a lot to look forward to because Maximum Carnage is obviously like the ultimate Spider-Man Venom and you know yeah. Carnage storyline. Yeah. Uh, there's even a, a great Sega game Maximum there's, Carnage there, from it. So you know, there, in a lot of ways, there's a lot riding on this um, this film. And at the very least, at the very least, it needs to match yeah. Venom One. I'm looking forward for it to, to it. continue and and not really significantly drop off the viewers. I'm looking forward to it because, like I said, I think the sting of Venom, you know, coming out, I, I think that's left me. I found a lot to enjoy in that movie in subsequent viewings. I think the first time I focused on the bad a little bit more than the good, and this and in subsequent viewings I focused on the good more than the bad. I hope they found a way to to marry the humor with the dark tones, and I I, I kind of hope that. This time around, Andy Serkis has gotten it right. He he's not he's not a director that's had a lot of experience, though. You know, no, very no, little no. Experience. But but he's instrumental behind the scenes in filmmaking, and I think okay, you know this it is a whole different animal. You never I have know. no doubt that the action in this movie will probably be better. I have no doubt that the fights will probably be better. I have no doubt that the mocap will be better because remember the the first Venom movie has one of the worst endings between Venom and and uh, uh, Riz Ahmed's sure. you know 
symbiote because it's just them in terrible CGI just fighting each other yeah. with the with, with with their symbiotes flowing around like fluid fighting each other as well. And it's, yeah, it's terribly yeah. done. I have no doubt that Andy Serkis will find a way to do God fights. Damn, in Dave, this I forgot so all about that. I buried that away. So much better My this brain. time around. I think that I I, th- I think we will yeah. we, the the movie will be improved for that. But as far as like story and tone, I think we're going to get something that's very similar well, to the original Venom, perhaps. And you know, it's stuff like that's kind of out of his hands yeah. as a director. And and you know, being I think a first time director, he might not have the he's not a first power. Time. He did he did Mowgli. Well, I'm, on so, I'm sorry, second second time director. Um, you might not have the same kind of power as a lot of other directors. You may think, you know, Sony might have a lot of hand in this project still. Also, there's still a lot of curiosity around how Spider-Man will fit into all of this. Sure. Uh, Kevin Foggy has said that Spider-Man will be like the only character in the MCU who's able to jump between universes. And that's pretty obvious at this point now because we're getting, you know, the amazing Spider-Man universes. Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro. We're getting Alfred Molina's, uh, yeah. Doc Ock coming from the Sam Raimi movies. And, and we're, we're still going to have Tom Holland stuff. I think so it's appropriate though. It's not hard to see him showing mm. up here mm. and then never mentioning the fact that like Iron Man was my mentor. Mm. You don't need to mention that. Mm-hmm. right like you're just a spider-man and also sony we me and you were talking about the contract with 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 mcu and also the contract with tom holland you know i think it expires after this movie it, it they're, they're right i think they're going to be willing to pay him a whole lot more to continue being spider-man i think it's the best spider-man they've had box office wise yes. in their mind so it makes fiscal yes. sense for them to renew his contract and pay him whatever the fuck they want even if it's robert downey jr level money i think that i think that sony would be dumb if they didn't continue paying him that but i also think that sony could be like yeah we're doing spider-man but it's not you tom holland we got a guy that sounds pretty much like you and spider-man's never going to take off his mask in the venom movie because why would he Venom doesn't need to know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. That is possible. So we and can always just put some other guy in the Spider-Man suit and have this fucking bloke over here who sounds a lot like you, Tom Holland, do it, and we don't have to pay you a fucking dime because we're not using your likeness. We're using the character's likeness. And Well, possible, but, but also... You know, I'm just saying it's a possibility. I'm not it's, saying that's it's an easier it's an easier job for Tom. Right. You'd obviously rather he, have he, Tom he would, do it. He might take the role, but just take a quarter of that money, and he only has to film for a week you're doing d- a voiceover. You're dumb if you take a quarter of the money. They want you in that movie. You take all the money. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. Take all the money. Honey. Saying, if you don't have to take your mask off, that means you don't have to be there on set. So, look, that's our breakdown for <laughs> Let There Be Carnage. Uh, look, I know that there's a ton of, like, little Easter eggs in here that people are gleaming. Like, the, the, the whole fact that, like, the entire first scene in the apartment don't eat people uh you know is is this constant struggle between the two even chickens live in the apartment now quick source of protein eggs meat blah 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 uh like there's a ton of stuff but there's no reason to go into all that i'm just picking up what the story is putting down for this teaser trailer i think we're going to see a whole lot more and i'm very curious to see a whole lot more of woody harrelson's cletus cassidy very smart move to change the haircut ronald mcdonald was not working for him oh yeah andy circus said that's like one of the first things like oh it's the evolution of the character that's a very smart you know studio friendly way of saying he looked like a fucking clown last time and i didn't want that this time yeah (laughs) yes 
So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers this time around. I want to thank all you guys for listening. If uh, we talked about anything in this episode that you'd like to comment on, you can reach out to us on the social medias. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. I am on Instagram at SMB Dave. Jay, where can everyone find you? I'm on Twitter, J underscore SMB, Instagram, Super Movie Bros, and also Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast. And of course, we are part of a network. We are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. So you can head over to ageofradio.org. There you can check out all the shows that are part of the Age of Radio Podcasting Network. You can also go to our page by searching the shows. Uh, there you'll find every episode that's available for Super Movie Bros. And you can binge Super Movie Bros right there from the webpage while you do whatever you do, work from home or whatever you want. Whatever, whatever, whatever uh, we also have a patreon so you can head over to patreon.com so super movie bros podcast there you get the pre-rolls you get exclusive top fives and any other content that we decided we want to put up we put up over there you can get that stuff for just one dollar a month our trailer park music comes courtesy of our good friend thomas ianucci uh so he's an up-and-coming uh musical artist and you can check him out on spotify that's thomas ianucci uh also follow him on his socials as well thomas awesome yeah, i love him yeah so we, we we love that guy. So I want to thank all you guys for listening. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.